Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. Back again, the Hang Time Podcast. Aku Smith here in Atlanta at headquarters. My main man, Langston J. Whitaker. What's up, son? Yo. What's going What's on? Nothing. I'm getting ready to for this playoff run. Are you ready? No. <laughs> Three weeks left. Are we okay. ever ready? Yeah. I mean, when's the last time you, you saw the last couple weeks of the season and said to yourself, man, I'm, I can't wait for this three-month, you know, marathon we're getting ready to run, trying to cram all this stuff into yeah. now and, you know, the end of June. No, I'm not ready. I'm I need a mental hiatus just to kind of gather myself. And I would imagine there are some teams around the league with three weeks to go in the regular season, teams facing the playoffs, teams trying to get in the playoffs, you know, that need, would love and welcome a similar rest, you know, which yeah. is the uh, catchphrase of resting players, you know, right now around the league. What do, you, what do you make of that? Before we dive into some conversation about the playoff races in the East and West, get our guest Goran Dragic from the Miami Heat, one of the true turnaround stories, you know, in the league this year, obviously, and maybe the best turnaround story. But what do you make of all the fuss about resting players? I'm afraid I'm going to get a letter from the commissioner if I say the wrong thing. (laughs) You heard the letter. Well, well, yeah, join the club. (laughs) You know, the thing that to me, I I don't think it's a – it's not a team problem, Mm -hmm. and it's not like a coach problem. It's a TV problem, right? Yes. That's a large part of it. If these things don't happen on nationally televised games, right. it's not as big of a deal as it is if you sit a guy on the you know, fourth night out of five um, right. on just a, a locally televised game. I, will, or, I, I don't think it rises to the level of scrutiny it's gotten, like, you know, if it's yeah. not those games. Yes. Right. I still think it's a big problem that you have, you know, for fans especially. I agree. Totally agree. You know, for that, that dude from Little Rock who drove to Memphis to see LeBron and Right. Kyrie, and, and then he gets to the gets to the FedEx Forum and finds out they didn't even make the trip. But what if you know? What if the guy bought those tickets and drove from Little Rock, and LeBron's not there because he got hurt because he's played too many games? Yes, it would have been. You know? it, that's the risk you run if that's the case, right? And I'm not, listen. I'm not. I'm not for or against any of this. My thing is, it's it's such a delicate issue, and it is so complicated because you can you know unless we're being completely honest. With the injury list, you don't know who's really injured to the point where they can't right. or should not play and who's just sitting out as a precautionary measure. It's tough to to legislate something like that. So it, I just just like I said, I was just curious what you what your thought was. About. I thought Stan Van Gundy had an interesting take on it last night. Mm-hmm. Did you see his quote where he said that 
you know, all we do is talk about how we, we do such a better job taking care of our players these days. Um, we have, you know, sleep experts and nutrition experts, but you know, 20 years ago, guys would take commercial travel and fly at five, four thirty in the morning and go to the airport and play back to back to backs. Right. They, and they play 82 games every year. Uh, and now we have all these things to take care of people. We take care of people better and they can do less was his sentence. I thought that was an interesting way of looking Get at it. Get off my lawn. <laughs> no, I, I mean, he's right. There's no question. He's, he's, He's on on the money about that, but should be interesting to see what comes of that topic at this uh, Board of Governors meeting that's coming up and, and kind of what resolution the powers that be can come up with. Anyway. Do we get rest? No. No rest wow. for you. No rest for you. Uh, let's talk about this this Eastern Conference race. Let's let's start there yeah. this week. Theoretically, everything's up for grabs in the East. If, you, if you're just looking at the standings, the Cavs, you know, two-game lead over Boston – you know, Boston fending off the Wizards yep. and on down the line. To me, it gets really interesting when you hit the Raptors, who got a big win after some big fists got slung by Serge Ibaka and, and Robin Lopez. Or To me, I love that the that everything is up for grabs like this this time of year because as I was hating on your Hawks last night on game time, there are some teams that could fall so far out of the mix and, and potentially out of the playoff mix altogether between now and the end of the regular season. To me, that makes these all these games more intriguing. Well, well Mike, if you look at look at from the bottom up and, and from not the eight seed, like look mm-hmm. outside the playoff, which one of those teams is going to be the one to make a run to get into the playoffs? Is it going to be Charlotte, Detroit, no. Chicago? I mean, somebody, if one of these teams is going to fall out, somebody else has got to get in. Right, and, right. I just don't know which team that is. Yeah, I would I would hope it's the Bucks that that find their way into the playoffs no matter what because I like to see the future slip into the playoffs. And this takes me back to your Hawks. There was there was a Hawks team that moonwalked into the playoffs a decade ago and they haven't stopped going since. But that was a to me that was a fantastic story to take a team like that that had been so bad for so long, watch them get into the playoffs and then scare the hell out of the Celtics in that first round series and it propelled them to to this nice run that they're on right now that could end this year. Mm. But I, I like those stories come playoff time better than I like a team that's in tatters and is, and kind of slips in, right. you know, makes it in, gets pounded and then, you know, that team is no more. So I mean if the if it goes the way it's set up right now, I mean Miami Cleveland first round would be I think that'd be fun to watch. Smashing. That would be smashing. <laughs> because that um, means we get to see Deion Waiters back at Quicken Loans Arena. And we get Deion. to see this, this Heat team go off. Yeah, they'd be fun to watch. I mean, there's a lot of interesting potential things in this first round. I mean, and, and really, that 2-3 that is the, the place you want to land. Yeah. You don't want to be 4, put it that way. Not because you'd have to play Atlanta in the first round, but because you got to play Cleveland in the second round. Is that And it, really, is that what the Eastern Conference playoffs comes down to for? I should say if you get past Atlanta in the first round. Yeah. I mean, but you got to play Cleveland. Is that what it comes down to for a lot of these teams? It's just how long can you avoid having to deal with Cleveland? <laughs> for Pretty me, much it would be. Like <laughs> <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm a coach, I'm like, I don't want to play them in the second round. <laughs> Whatever we can do to avoid the Cavaliers, who will be at something closer to full strength, you know, the longer they play into, you know, the deeper we go into the playoffs, yeah, they become a, a nightmare, you know, with everybody West, healthy and the improvements they've made. In the West, I mean, there's so many, you don't want, you don't want to get 
you know, Golden State, San Antonio, Houston. There's a bunch of teams that I wouldn't want any part of in the right. in the playoffs. Uh, in the East, though, I think you know Cleveland's. It's kind of the bottleneck because Cleveland's at the top of the heap, and and you got to go through them at some point if you want to get out. I guess if you're one of these other teams, you just hope you can delay that as long as possible to get <laughs> as many games in there and get some home games in, and uh, you know, make a make a little run. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm I'm looking at these teams. Let's see. The Pistons have already been there and got, yeah. you know, played the Cleveland the first round last year. Milwaukee would be interesting. Like I said, I don't – the Bulls, to me, mm. I mean, they're 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games. And they're going to be without Robin Lopez probably. Yeah, for at least a game or two, you figure. I, Miami looks like the only team, to me, that's really eager, eager for the opportunity and suited physically. Yeah. If you look at their pieces – Right, you know, with Hassan Whiteside and you know in the paint, and you know Deion Waiters and Goran Dragic and these guys on the perimeter, they could. I'm I'm not saying they're going to upset Cleveland. Don't I don't want people to freak out and start, you know, toasting me on social media about that. I'm just saying, of all of the potential first round matchups for Cleveland, they yeah. would strike me as the most intriguing because they're going to come into that series playing with house money and believing in even in their warped sense of what's real they're going to believe they can come in there and pull the upset and i like well, that i like that kind of belief i like i mean i like having spolster involved in that series um i feel like he's a guy who clearly is coach lebron you can game plan to play against him you get a you get a interior presence that you know you stop cleveland from having a huge rebounding edge against you if you have Whiteside in there I think James Johnson might be a nice guy to try to throw at LeBron for a little while. That being said, I still don't want to play him. <laughs> I'm just saying they could, throw, they could throw a lot of problems at you. Just Yeah, Milwaukee would be interesting if, just in terms of – I don't think they match up that well against Cleveland, but it would, from a marketing standpoint, it, this could be Giannis hitting the big stage against LeBron in the right. first round of the playoffs. Right. The team that I don't, I can't really get a sense of, there's, well, Atlanta and Indiana are the two teams right now that I don't really know what to make of them. Oh, I know what to make of them. <laughs> I know what to yeah. make of the Hawks. And, and, and the Pacers have, to me, been the most glorious, gloriously inconsistent team that I've ever seen in terms of just from one night to the next. They almost revel in the fact that they're going to come out and not know exactly what you're going to get from them on a night-to-night basis, even with Paul George playing his tail off. Um, Paul, Paul George said today that they're a, uh, a playoff team at home and a uh, lottery team on the yeah, road. Yeah, I mean, it's, they're, I mean, they're 25, it's, and, 25 and 10 at home, 11 and 24 on the yeah, road. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious that whatever, whatever benefit there is to sleeping in your own bed is working for the Indiana Pacers. So, yeah. Guess what? They're going to be on the road in the first round of the playoffs. So. <laughs> but I, I, I maintain that the Heat, tied for the fourth best record in the entire league yeah. in, in this calendar year 2017 so far. A top five defensive rating with, to me, one of the more, I don't know how to describe Hassan Whiteside in terms of not, not game changer is not the, the right phrase, but he does force you, he does force you to change the way you would deal with them in terms of the dimensions, you know, in the half court because of his, his shot blocking ability and rim protecting ability. Right. There aren't many guys in the league that you have to adjust to like that. And also, uh, he, he's. I think his presence keeps Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love from yes. just grabbing twenty five rebounds against you. Yeah. 
Um, you know, he at least makes you work for those rebounds. But like you said, I think that rim protection is the biggest thing he gives from uh, on a defensive on the defensive end for the Heat because he keeps LeBron and Kyrie from just going straight to the rim. I think it's it's just uh, just enough of a wrinkle to to throw you off your game a little bit. Yeah, well, I love the wrinkles as you mentioned that the Heat bring, and um, no better time to to talk to this guy about exactly that. Goran Dragic, point guard of the resurgent Miami Heat, joining us on the Hangtime Podcast. So, Goran, go ahead and give us the secret to what has turned this season around in South Beach for the Miami Heat. I don't, I don't know if it's massages before games, smoothies at halftime, <laughs> but it's got to be so. What's, what, what changed and turned you guys into one of the best teams in the league since 2017 started? Um, I mean, we just work hard. Um, you know, at the beginning of the season, we had a lot of injuries. Uh, we couldn't. We didn't play a lot um, together. Um, you know, we have a lot of different starting lineups this season. But when we get our players back, um, you know, we finally develop that chemistry that we need, and we just play a team basketball. And, of course, South Beach helps because probably most of the teams, they go out. And we are more fresher than, than they are. So, Court advantage, ever, baby. Home South Beach advantage. I love it. Gordon, have you ever been on a team that, you know, started – you guys started, what, 11 and 30 this season? Have you ever been on a team that had such a dramatic turnaround in the uh, middle of a season? No, never, never. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's – it's kind of a. It tells you a lot about our team. Um, you know, we never quit. We we never use excuses, uh, and uh, we always came in and uh, put put in a lot of hard work and you know try to stick with our plan. And um, you know sometimes, especially at the beginning of the season, um, our plan was not going in our way. But um, you know we stick with our principle, with our practices, hard work, and um, you know we turn out the season. Gorn, we've talked to Deion Waiters before here on the Hangtime Podcast. We love him. He's one of our favorite guys, mostly because he's the most confident human being we've ever spoken to. Do you think he believes there's anything he can't do after playing with him this season? I think so. He can do anything. <laughs> anything what he can do. I mean, if he wants to fly on the moon, he can do that. I mean, it's... It's unbelievable, you know. His 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 locker room is next to mine. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So you know, at the begin at the beginning of the season, uh, of course, I didn't know him personally before. But um, you know, through throughout the season, we talk a lot, and um, you know, he's really funny dude, and and I love him. I mean, he's a great teammate, great player, and I'm happy for him. So um, you know, we're hoping that he's gonna be back soon. So we were we were talking earlier about. Um, what would happen if you guys, you know, the different playoff matchups that could happen down the road if it, if everything holds up as it is. And, and one of the things I said I thought Miami has going for him is Eric Spolstra, um, who's been on the sideline, won titles, has been around forever. What's it been like for you playing with Coach Spo, and, and, and what's he, what's he kind of like as a coach um, in the locker room, the, co- the guy we don't see? Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's unbelievable. He's uh, great. Um, you know, this is my third year with with Coach Poe. And, um, you know, he's. Uh, I feel like that he understands um, players, that not every player is the same. He knows how to talk with them. And, um, you know, he he he's um, he kind of uh, um, wants you to, to – he, he kind of changes you to, to be a winner. 
You know, he's like challenging, challenge you to be a better player, and he's always gonna hold you accountable. You know, he needs you need to do your job, and um, you know he's pretty intense coach. But um, you know, when when we're practicing, you need to do your job. But when the practice is over, he's really he's really likable, funny guy. Gorn, you guys have a, a team full of players who have kind of bounced around the league in various places and times throughout your career. You, from Phoenix to Houston to Phoenix, now to Miami. Does this feel like home for you now in Miami? And does this team feel like there's kind of a, a bond that everybody has being guys who have maybe been counted out before or, or overlooked in the past? Uh, yeah, for me personally, I feel I feel great in Miami, um, you know. Um, you know, we have some ups and downs, but, um, you know, this is my home. And, um, you know, for all my teammates, um, you know, most of those teammates, like you said, they are on a one-year deal and they bounce a lot around the league. But uh, we feel like they finally find a home. You know, we, we we really bond as a team. We really like each other. We we spend a lot of time off the court, too. And, um you know, we feel like that because of that, uh, we are so successful on the court. How's your eye doing? Because we saw the pictures on on the internet, good, man. It good. did not look good. Yeah, now now it's way better. I can see now. So <laughs> I, I'm great. Okay. Gordon, one other thing that, that has kind of been eating at us here, and I'm sure it's killing fans in Phoenix, to see you, Eric Bledsoe, and Isaiah Thomas all playing like all-stars and knowing that you guys shared a uniform in a locker room at one time with the Suns. Do you do you ever look back and just wonder what might have been had you guys stuck together as a threesome and how some coach would have figured out how to take advantage of all three of your talents? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm the guy who likes to who likes to look forward to the future. But, um, you know, you, I mean, you always kind of a, Ask yourself what would happen if you know if if we guys stayed together. You know, Isaiah and Ibled, they were awesome teammates. I mean, they play unbelievable basketball, especially Isaiah right now. And um, you know, yeah, you never know. I mean, I ask that question so many times, but yeah, you know, um, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy here in Miami, and and I'm glad that I'm part of this team. Well, Goran, you say you like to look forward to the future. What do you guys have to do the the last three weeks of the season here to uh, to, to make it into the postseason in the, in the Eastern Conference? Just take care of business. Um, you know, um, you know, come in every every day. Um, try to prepare ourselves as much as possible and execute our plans. And of course, it's not going to be easy. We got about five five games left at home, six games away. And, um, you know, um, probably those six games that we're going to play away is going to be crucial for us this season. Well, Goran, we appreciate it, man. Look, we miss Miami. We were there four straight years <laughs> for the finals. We love South Beach. We want to come get to South Beach flu like everybody else. Uh, so we're rooting for you and looking forward <laughs> to guys. it, man. Thank you so much for joining us. And tell Deion Waiters to keep his head up. Don't Don't let anything get him down. No, no, I have confidence enough. So, <laughs> thanks, Gordon. Thanks, Appreciate guys, it for having me. Awesome, thank you, man. Thank you, Chuck. Dragic, Lang. Um, what a, what a good story this Miami Heat team is. I, I know we're not supposed to openly root for people, but damn, I want to see them in the playoffs. It's not, Just it's not, you know, you asked him about 
how these guys have kind of found a home. Yeah. And I was, you know, it's, it's Gorn, it's Deion Waiters, James Johnson, Tyler Johnson, Willie Reed, uh, Hassan Whiteside, even. I mean, they're like a movie. It's all these guys who are kind of never really found their place, and now they have a place. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, but when you think about the structure of a franchise and what, what franchise would be able to accommodate that many different guys with that similar story and, and kind of infuse them with the organizational structure that you have in Miami. Just think about all the guys who have been through there that played their best basketball when they played for the Heat. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean just young guys. Antoine Walker went to Miami and won a championship. You know what I'm saying? Like they've they've always been able to incorporate whoever it is and get them to play a certain brand of basketball. Miami's one of the places to me that's underrated even. I don't even realize if if NBA fans, you know, keen watchers of the league the last 20 years, if they started ranking who were who were the who were the franchises that were the most successful in the league the last 20 years, people would automatically say, well, the Spurs, the Lakers, you know what I mean? Miami wouldn't come up until maybe 4 or 5 when they should be in that that mix of the teams that have been the most successful. They, I mean, they didn't just win a championship when LeBron showed up. They already have one and were right. a power, you know, at, at one point before that. I wonder if they're I don't I, we don't know how close things got to to happening at the beginning of the big 3. Mm-hmm. But you remember they started out what was it 9 and 8? Yeah. Uh, early that season and there yeah. was all these talk about Spolster might lose his job, Pat Riley might come back. I don't know how close that got to happening, but if you think about it now, I mean, look at what Spolster's done since then. And he's established himself as one of the, you know, now one of the longest tenured coaches in the NBA and one of the premier guys and everyone respects him. And I mean, uh, I wonder how close things got to to some sort of change being made there um, and how that would have affected the future of the franchise. I, I would I would dare to guess that not very close because the stability they have from yeah. ownership to the front, you know, from Mickey Harrison and the Harrison family to the front office and Pat Riley and his staff all the way down to Spolstra, they resisted the urge to to react or overreact to anything that went on early in that era. And I think that, that served them well now on the backside. You didn't, none of us knew when it would end. You know, when, you know, I don't think anybody could have predicted A, LeBron would leave the way he did. Bosch's career would take the twist and turn that it has with his medical issues and that Dwayne Wade would bolt in free agency for Chicago of all places. You know what I mean? I don't think you could have envisioned any of that when they got together. So for it all to, for them to be in this position right now, I think is a testament to the fabric of the heat organization and just kind of their, their ability to sustain a level of success. That's really hard to do in a league. That's this competitive. That's this volatile in terms Mm -hmm. of player movement now. And it was really kicked off. The day LeBron said, I'm taking my talents to South Beach. We haven't seen player movement like this at any era prior to those words coming out of LeBron's mouth. So it's pretty remarkable that it comes kind of full circle. If Miami makes the playoffs this year and plays Cleveland, that's the basketball guys at work. Like that's them. That's them messing with us, which I'm fine with. It could just be the travel guys at work because then maybe I'll get to go back to Miami for a couple weeks. Now let's get. A little information from uh, another point guard that uh, that we like. This guy is the starting point guard on the NBA.com 
media basketball team anywhere we go. Our main man, John Schumann, with the Schumann stat. Fellas. Shoot, what's Stop. happening? What's up, man? All right, so so last week we talked about uh, guys with the most playoff wins. Mm-hmm. This week we're going to go look at the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> Active players who have played the most regular season games without appearing in the playoffs. Mm. Man, without ever I got, appearing I got 10, in the playoffs. 10, yeah, 10 guys who have played at least 300 regular season games without ever wow. playing in the playoffs. Ooh. It's a tough list, so you're going to need some hints on this one, but it could be, it'll, it'll be fun once we get into it. Uh, First, one guy should be fairly obvious. He's an all-star, has never played in the playoffs. Boogie Cousins. Correct. Yeah. He's number right. three on the list with 482 games played with, uh, without <laughs> making the playoffs. Wow. He could, he, by, the, by this time this next year, he should, he'll probably be number one on this list. Right. Uh, um, so number one on the list is a guy with 526 regular season games in his seventh season mm-hmm. on his second team in his career and is in position to make the playoffs this year. Coming off the bench for an Eastern Conference team that's in that sort of uh, five to nine, hmm. uh, five to nine or ten mix. Okay. Uh, but currently in position. In position to get in the playoffs. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Bulls, Pistons, Heat. Pacers, Bucks. Nope. Hawks. Nope. Um. Miami. No. Bulls. No, Bucks. Milwaukee. Oh, he's on the Bucks. Okay. Yeah. Who would that be? Bench guy in his seventh season. Bench guy in his seventh season. Playing for the Bucks. Pretty good contributor off the Bucks bench this year. Not Michael Beasley. No. I don't Um, know. I I left my laptop. I'm I'm like trying to play um, on my phone here, trying to figure out. Oh, so usually you cheat? Toiled uh, in Detroit for he's a while. Greg Monroe. A... Greg Monroe. Greg Monroe. He's giving Greg us hints. Monroe. I'm going to use it. This is an open book test, Lang. <laughs> Greg Monroe, number one on the list, 526. Number two on the list is not going to make the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, a former teammate of DeMarcus Cousins, um, as recently as early as recently as a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Went with Mar- DeMarcus Cousins from Sacramento to... Omri Caspi. Yes, Omri Caspi, 487 Wow. Uh, games played. Not playing for the Timberwolves, so he's most likely not going to make it. But <laughs> only five games ahead of Cousins. That's why I think Cousins will be uh, number one on this list by this time next year. Right. Number four on the list, uh, in position, currently in position to make the playoffs. And mm-hmm. very good, in a very good position. There's, his team has clinched, but they're, they're close. Uh, uh, a East or West? former Eastern Conference mm-hmm. top three Eastern Conference team, big man, uh, uh, a power forward, starting power forward for a top three uh, Eastern Conference team. Nice. Um, Washington. Markeith Morris. Markeith Morris. Morris. Yeah. All right. Number five on the list is also on a top three Eastern Conference team. Actually, a former number two pick in his sixth season and on his fifth team, <laughs> playing for a for a number one for the number one team in the Eastern Conference. 
Derek Williams? Derek Williams, 417 career games. Wait a minute, Shu. So huh? if, if Markeith Morris is on the list, where's his brother on the His brother's got to be on the list, right? Marcus Morris. Does he, was, does he have enough games? It's a good question. Let's did Marcus Morris? I mean, they are twins, but it doesn't mean they. But he was on. He was on the play in the last year's Pistons playoffs. Oh, that's right. That's right. Good point. Last year's Pistons, so he's not on the. They ain't the okay. same person. Hey man, listen, I've been watching twins nonstop. I've been watching the Lopez twins. One hitting game winners, the other one trying to hit. Hit Serge Ibaka's right. jaw. I'm sorry. Keep going. Shoot. All My right. Bad. So our top five are Monroe, Caspi, Cousins, Markeith Morris, and Derek Williams. Number six, also like Markeith Morris, a former son who mm-hmm. was traded to a playoff team uh, just last month. P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker. Good call. 408. Yeah. Uh, number seven on the list was teammates with P.J. Tucker until a few weeks ago and still still, still toiling on the Suns, although <laughs> toiling in, a, in, a, in street clothes for the rest of the season. Eric Bledsoe. Yeah. No. Oh, Brandon Knight. Brandon Knight. Yeah, it's got to be one of those guys. Number eight is the only guy on this list who has played for just one team mm. in his career, <laughs> and he's a Lang Whitaker favorite. Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio, 342. You mean he's Elaine Whitaker's long-lost adopted child? I knew he must be on there somewhere. All right, number nine. This one's tough. He's on an Eastern Conference team currently, barely, in position to make the playoffs. So that means he is a – and he's starting for the team with the guy you're talking to on this very podcast. James Johnson? No. Deion Waiters. No. 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 Uh, who starts for the Heat? That's what I'm trying to think. Gordon Dragic and Ron Bruder are their starting backcourt. Right. That's who I'm talking about. And um, they have uh, Whiteside. It's not Whiteside. Played in the playoffs last year. Right. The Heat. This guy was on the Heat's roster last year. Not participate in the playoffs. Tyler Johnson? No. No, he's not starting. Who's the starting power forward for the Miami Heat? This tells you what a great job Eric Spolster is. Yeah. You guys can't identify. He was not, forget that. He was not on the Heat last year. Sorry, that he was on the, he was on the New Orleans Pelicans last year. Oh, Luke My Babbitt. Fault. Luke Babbitt. Yeah, I was going to say. Luke, Luke Babbitt with uh, 325 career games. And the last guys, uh, unfortunately for him, not going to make the playoffs this year. He'll remain on this list. Is a uh, playing for the New York Knicks. <laughs> His hometown team. Oh, uh, Kylo Quinn? Kylo Quinn, correct. Man, he's been in the league that long? Yeah, no, I mean, he's only in his fifth season. Fifth right, that's what I'm saying. Though. I, just, he's played, yeah, I didn't realize he's, he's been Orlando in the league that long. Season, now in his second year with the Knicks. So. Yeah. See, yeah, this, everybody else on the list is in their sixth, seventh, or eighth season. He's that the only that one list used to be a lot easier when we had, like, Mike Dunleavy, Troy Murphy, and Jamal Crawford to kick around. <laughs> Troy Murphy. <laughs> Poor Troy Murphy. Troy? <laughs> <laughs> Troy Murphy, Murphy was, was on that list. He was, like, the leader of the pack forever. <laughs> he went back to college. He was, like, on, he was like on Golden State and then got traded from Golden State, and the, the Golden State became good. Like, he was on Indiana and got traded, and then Indiana became – like, he, like, I feel like every – you know, like, the team he left, Always became really good the year after he left. So. Yeah, no strings attached. Yeah. Just saying. Just yeah. 
no correlation. That's a, a, a fun, fun list. Greg Monroe at the top of the list. As long as the Bucks hang on, he'll. Uh, he'll uh, he's got a chance. Yeah, he's got a chance. Um, so, Shu, you. I mean, I know you've been doing some uh, some schedule breakdown work, uh, kind of looking at the entire league. What's who's got it the worst coming up here these last few weeks of the season? Well, in terms of trying to get bad, into the playoffs. Yeah, considering how bad of a road team they've been, mm-hmm. the Pistons are in bad shape because right. they last night started, uh, you know, um, excuse me, Tuesday night started a stretch of them playing eight of their last 12 games on the road. Mm-hmm. And they've been a bad road team, and they started that stretch by losing to the Nets. So that's a, a rough, a uh, you know, it's only going to get worse from there. Right. And so that's that game knocked them out of the playoff spot and with you know uh, three more games on their current trip and then an, another four road games after that they're in they're in tough shape um Miami has a little bit of favorable uh schedule now that they're in eighth they have three more games so i look to look at uh games where you have a rest advantage where you you had the night off before but your your opponent's on the second night of a back-to-back right uh miami has three of those games left versus two where they have a rest disadvantage so they're they got a uh and obviously they're playing the best out of, out of that you know six to ten group right um but chicago also has a, a an easy schedule like they play either last 11 against teams that are with losing records right now mm-hmm. um so there, but of course, you know the Bulls don't necessarily play well against bad teams. They play well against good teams. So, but they also have a one more Thursday a TNT game at home against the Cavs. So that's a, a favorable uh, right. thing for them too. Um, so I, I think in that, you know, Indiana and and Milwaukee sort of got uh, sort of medium strength schedules. Right. Um, and Indiana, you know. Who knows with them? They they haven't won two straight since early February. You know they beat the Jazz the other day, but they have still haven't won two straight games since like early February. They're right. Jekyll and Hyde, right. and uh, the Bucks I think are you know playing a little bit better. So I'm um, the one thing the interesting thing in 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 the East I think is at the top too. I mean like the the Celtics have the easiest schedule of if anybody in the Eastern Conference going going forward. So they I think they're in, in great shape for number two and. Still have a shot at number one if if the Cavs give some give guys more days off. Right, and then Toronto's got an easier schedule than Atlanta, so they're they're pretty good. They're looking pretty good to stay in the top four and could definitely challenge Washington, who's got eight of their last twelve on the road. So, right. I think those um, that stuff will be interesting. And Toronto, I think, is fascinating because they're playing. They're starting to play well. And they're still without Kyle Lowry. Right, I mean, I'm, right. that's he's the one guy I'm really curious about going forward. Mm-hmm. Just as if he's going to be healthy in the first round, that team is much better defensively than with their with their you know trade deadline acquisition. So mm-hmm. that that could be uh, you know I, I don't know if they're any closer to beating Cleveland, but I think they 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 would be my conference final pick probably if if Lowry is close to 100 percent for gotcha. me. I am uh I'm going to punt on trying to predict who makes the 1 through 8 in the East playoffs <laughs> and go straight to the con- who would you want to see from a pure matchup standpoint in the conference finals in the East I mean I like I like I said I like Toronto I like what they've done just mm-hmm. like 
Tucker gives them a lot of versatility. You know, Tucker and Ibaka give them so much more versatility, especially defensively, ability to switch everything. Mm-hmm. And Tucker's just that, you know, that dude that's just going to get in a guy's shirt for, you know, however long he's on the floor. Right. Like, he will just mm-hmm. hound somebody for 24 seconds at a time. Um, and, I, you know, I don't, you know, LeBron is a, is a different, is different than him trying to do that against, you know who was he? Who they play last night? He, he had he had a couple possessions where he was just in in the guy's shirt, right? Um, and he's done it to you know Carmelo. He's done it to Anthony Davis uh, over the course Did of the Jimmy season. Jimmy Butler, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It was Jimmy Butler. Like he he, he could take a guy out of a possession, you right? Know? Right. But LeBron trying to do that with LeBron is a, is a is a different kind of story. So. I would like to see, you know, Toronto get another shot, but also Boston, you know. Mm-hmm. They're good. You know, Boston right now the only East team in, uh, in, in the top ten on both ends of the floor. You know, mm-hmm. both Toronto and, and Boston have improved a lot defensively since the All-Star break. So I like the way both of those, those teams are playing, you know. and if, you know. What about you, Lane? As good as those two teams have been, I mean, it kind of feels like Cleveland might as well play the Washington Generals in the conference finals because, <laughs> I mean, I don't know that anyone's going to beat them four right. games out of seven. Right. Um, I'll be curious to see with Cleveland if there's a, a a flipping of the switch in regard to their defense. You know, they've they've not been a good defensive team, but they're just ridiculously good offensively. Um, right. So I'll be curious to see just how much they turn it up defensively, you know, when the playoffs start, you know. Um, so that's that's the one thing I'm just watching with them in specifically. Yeah. I, I would like to see, I'd love to see Washington get make it to the conference finals. I just like that. I like that team and their attitude and John wall. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would love to see how they would respond in that space and what kind of performance you would get out of some of those guys. Could be interesting. The East, Eastern conference playoffs. So could, could get crazy. And, and um, I don't know about you guys, but I always love crazy come playoff time. I'm, I'm a fan of crazy. Uh, John Schumann, we're a fan of yours. Appreciate you always, brother. The Schumann stat right here on the Hangtime Podcast, man. Take care. We'll talk to you next week. All right, fellas. All right, Lang. That's uh, not our best effort on the Schumann stat right there. I mean, even with an open book test, we, we kind of stunk it up. I don't but... know you've been cheating this whole time. I'm going to start. What are you talking about? He's, he said we could cheat on that one. No, he, he said, said we're going to need some help. He said, he said, yeah, he didn't say cheat. <laughs> My Greg Monroe moose charades were not recognized by John, Seku. By the way, John Hartzell, uh, Pictionary is not going to be in his feud. I mean, this dude's in here. I don't know what he's doing. He's in here. It was, it was moose antlers. He's in here doing YMCA dances behind the glass trying to give me hints. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> Trying yeah. to smell spell Luke Babbitt's name <laughs> did not work well. This guy's as bad at that as I've been at bragging rights this season. It's time for bragging rights as the guys put their rep on the line. Now Langs holds on to his two-game lead Unbelievable. with three weeks to go. Unbelievable. So some movement's going to need to be made this week. This is like the Spurs and the Warriors fighting it out for the number one seed in the West. Cannot or catch the Nuggets them. and the Timberwolves. I think it's I was trying to be positive. Probably hey, more. <laughs> so we're going to start Friday night with a game close to both Lang and My's hearts. Mm-hmm. Hawks at Bucks. I'm NBA going with the TV. Bucks. I'm going with the Bucks. Fear the deer. I'm going with the Bucks. I don't trust you know the what? Hawks. I would normally take the Bucks too, but uh, I'll just take the Hawks just for the fun of it. Yeah, you normally take the Bucks too. No, sure, I think yeah. I think they're probably going to win. The Hawks are without 
two starters, so I would assume that they shouldn't win this game. <laughs> but uh, we'll see. All right, then going to Saturday night, again on NBA TV, Wizards at Cavs. Cleveland. 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 But, but, you know, going into the belly of the beast on a Saturday night, put your Dukes up, Washington. Go in there and go after them. I, I, I fully expect Washington to go after them. You think the Cavs? But I'm taking the Cavs. You and think the Cavs? Going think... to Monday night, Wait. another another Cavs game, Cavs at Spurs on TNT. I think, do you think the Cavs are going to rest guys? I was going to say, are they going to play everybody? <laughs> hey, it's possible going to play everybody. Be able to predict that. I know. That's what bragging rights is all about. Predicting <laughs> which starters are going to be rested on marquee games. I got it last week. It's possible uh, to play everybody. Um, players only. I'm going friend. Spurs. Even though I think the Cavs, if you know, if, of a team, if you're looking for teams that can go on the road and and get wins in big big time moments like that, Irie has had some good moments. Yeah. in San Antonio. Yeah, um, but I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with the Spurs just for the heck of it. I'll, t- I'll take Cleveland just for the heck of it. Okay, so if uh, the Bucks, Cavs, and Spurs win next week, yep. Seku and Lang will be tied. Yeah. Two weeks to go. Yes, we need some we need some drama around here. Or we need... you could be four games back. So well, thanks. Appreciate <laughs> we'll that. We need playoff drama around here too. We need some bragging rights playoff drama here on the Hangtime Podcast. I, I'm looking forward to stakes. it. Need a big weekend, baby. Need a big weekend. Got to give some love to our friends at Miami Heat, Tim Donovan, Rob Wilson, that PR staff down there. Appreciate them getting Goran Dragic uh, to get on the mic here with us on the Hangtime Podcast this week. Fun stuff talking to him. Be interesting to see how the Miami Heat finish out this season. Hopefully they put the finishing touches on that storybook season of theirs, the turnaround. And uh, always got to give our man John Schumann some love for coming on and talking Schumann stat with us. He went he went long today. It was like more than just Schumann stat. It was like we, we went all the way down the Schumann rabbit hole. I was confused now. I got to go <laughs> home and like figure my life out now after talking to Schumann like that. Um, subscribe on iTunes. Be sure to leave a glowing review. New episodes every Thursday this season. And we'll see you right here next week on the Hangtime Podcast. Later. Thanks for listening to the Hangtime Podcast. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes for a new episode every single Thursday this season. And as always, people, remember, say Kuna Matata.